Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. And I don't think I've ever been excited to record a podcast on a Monday night over the weekend, over the past week and a half that we've gotten when there has been so much Spider-Man content that has just been shoving into our face and ensuring that we get all of the goods, all of the web action, all of the stuff, all of the just freaking awesomeness. Now, let me calm myself down. Let me just calm myself down a little bit, okay? Because, let's face it, it was an awesome weekend. I went to see the movie, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and it was fantastic. Wasn't perfect, was perfect. But goddammit, it sure was near perfect. I'm gonna say that. I'm definitely gonna say that. And on top of all of that, or before all of that, we got our Spider-Man 2 gameplay trailer. And I didn't watch the whole thing. If you know me and you've been following me for a while, I don't watch all of the trailers. I don't watch everything after the first trailer, after the first teaser, because I don't like to be spoiled. I don't like to have certain things ruin the fun for me. But, let's face it, when we're living in an age of social media, when we're living into an age where anything can happen at any moment and we just get shoving a lot of stuff either on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or any other media content, we're bound to know something. We're bound to find something out. And lo and behold, this was a no-brainer because we knew, we knew that when the teaser trailer came out for Venom and Craven the Hunter, we knew we were going to get the Black Symbiote. We knew that this was going to be an awesome thing in order for us to just ease into the moment to in, in order to tease us with that good black cake. That sounded so wrong, but I don't care. I don't really care. It is freaking awesome, and holy crap, I can't wait to talk about it all. Let me not beat around the bush. I don't want to beat around the bush on this, okay? Now is the massive time. Now is the massive time. What am I saying? <laughs> now is the time to be a massive Spider-Man fan. I'm sure if you haven't already been before. If you're not a Spider-Man fan now, after the past few years of what we've gotten, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. I don't know what to tell you guys. It's quite funny because I've actually been thinking about this for a while. In 2018, if you truly think about it, let's go back, let's rewind time a little bit here. In 2018, we've gotten numerous Spider-Man content. From then all the way till now. And a lot of people, myself included, believe that 2018 was the year of Spider-Man. Because we've gotten the game for the PS4. Spider-Man for the PS4, voiced by the awesome Yuri Lowenthal. Shout out to him, by the way. I really want to meet that dude. Voiced by him. And then we got Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. With Miles Morales. 
the half-breed black and Puerto Rican dude, the half-breed black and Puerto Rican Spider-Man coming onto the big screen, making his debut, and it could not have been more awesome. Fast forward around a year later, was it a year later or two years later? I believe it was 2020 because I remember I played the Miles Morales game during when COVID happened. So we're just going to say a couple of years. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but it's okay. We got the Miles Morales game. Now granted, it wasn't a sequel. It was more of a midquel. It was shorter than the other predecessor. It was shorter than the game, but we still had fun with it. And it made me realize at that time that Miles Morales was beginning to be a character that would be... I would say much more of a cultural icon for a lot of people to relate to. Because let's face it, with Peter Parker, he's a character that all of us can relate to. Can't pay his bills, having trouble with ladies, trying to divide his time in order to do the right thing, always failing his classes, can't get a job. You know, the typical New Yorker or anyone in general, not just New York since he's in New York, anyone in general that can relate to this guy. And when Stan Lee created this character, he I remember it, and he spoke about this many times in his interviews before. He wanted this character to have and experience real people problems. That just makes him who he is. And the movies that came in after, from the cartoon series and every piece of media, from the games and everything come to right now, has taught us that anyone can wear the mask. That we can find ourselves behind the mask of Spider-Man because we can relate and, and put ourselves into that character. And when the movies came out in 2018 all the way till now, that has never been a lie in any way, shape, or form. And it has always been proven true no matter what. I want to bring up a piece of content. And I want to bring up you know, the types of Spider-Man stuff that we've been getting for the past few years. Okay? Now, I have it with me. Bear with, bear with. I have it with me right now. 2018, what do we get? Spider-Man for the PS4 and Into the Spider-Verse. In 2020, yes, call that right, Miles Morales and the remastered Spider-Man for the PS4. That was when the whole changing face thing, I, I was pissed off about that, but I had to let it go. Had to let it go. It is what it is. Had to let it go. Then in 2021, we had Spider-Man No Way Home. 23... Across the Spider-Verse. 23 also, Spider-Man 2 for the PS5. And next year is Beyond the Spider-Verse. So, and I know I didn't count Far From Home or Homecoming or any of the other stuff, but these are the most important that really, really have revolutionized how Spider-Man is right now for us fandoms. And... I cannot be more proud. I could not be more proud and more excited to find out what is the next thing to come. In the past few years, we've been, in a way, granted with the awesomeness of what this character can do. Of what the developers, whether the gaming developers or showrunners or writers or directors or whoever, to just give us everything that we are hoping and wanting for Spider-Man to be. Whether it's Peter Parker, Miles Morales, Gwen Stacy, Miguel O'Hara, or whoever it is that the character portrays. And over the weekend, could not have been further from the truth. Now, 
I want to talk a little bit more about the movie later on. Spoiler-free review, by the way, because I do want you to go see it. But I do want to talk about the gameplay trailer. Now, like I said, I didn't watch the whole thing. But I did capture enough for me to go, I cannot wait to play this game. First and foremost, the black symbiote suit looks fantastic. It looks fan-freaking-tastic. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Spider-Man game Web of Shadows for the PS2 10 years ago, right over 10 years ago. Kind of reminds me of that a little bit. And I don't know if this game took a little bit of inspiration to that. But one thing that really caught my attention, Yuri Lowenthal said in an interview that he had to research of what it's like for someone to struggle with addiction. Until this day, I have never, ever, ever thought of someone possessing a symbiote as a form of addiction. And what makes this game, or what's going to make this game, much more compelling and fun and enjoyable to actually play is the fact that you can actually see a human being that you care about overtake by something that he cannot live without and watch as it affects the people around him. And let's face it, the first Spider-Man game has told us and has shown us great storytelling. Spider-Man 2, I'm sure, will not disappoint in the least of fathom. I also know that in the game, you can swap both between characters in any point, in any given time, which is exciting, and that's fun. Although, I wonder how that's going to be for the side quest, if you can just switch back and forth, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to play as the black suit and want to just wreak havoc upon the city. Although, I do, I am hoping that it's not going to be like Web of Shadows in terms of choosing different decisions and then those decisions based on what kind of ending you get. That's one gaming mechanic I really don't like because if you steer on one path, instead of just playing the game over and over from the very beginning, because you have to play this game essentially four times and choose different endings in order for you to play what you want to play or see what you want to see. But... As I said earlier, we're at an age right now where we can literally watch anything we want on YouTube and then just watch different endings right off the bat. And that kind of takes away the experience of the gaming thing, even though we could always play it over and over, but there was just something about having multiple endings of a game that I really just don't like. Now I get it, certain choices are made. And there are certain gaming mechanics. And I'm not a gaming expert. I'm far from a gaming expert. I could have someone actually come in and explain it to me in terms of why it is more effective. And maybe you enjoy that. Maybe you do. But for me, just not my thing. Just not my thing. I want this game to have a clear, consistent, concise ending that is going to tug at the heartstrings the same way the first game did. I do know in this game that you can actually glide with having the uh, wings underneath your arms with Miles Morales. I don't know if you can do that with Spider-Man as well, but that's going to be very interesting. Ooh, what would happen if we get a Venom version of Miles Morales where he's corrupted by the symbiote too? 
there's tremendous amounts of fan art where Miles Morales actually has the symbiote suit. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Hmm. What if we have other characters that are corrupted by the suit? Again, I don't want it to be like Web of Shadows, but it's very hard to not compare both games. Even though Web of Shadows... It was wacky a little bit in some aspect. If you have, if you're listening to this and you have no idea what I'm talking about, go on YouTube right now. Maybe you could watch the walkthrough or play the game or whichever. Spider-Man: Web of Shadows, and I guarantee you, there's going to be a lot of similarities with that game as opposed to this one. And I think the gaming developers know that. I think they really do. Nevertheless, I can't wait for the game to come out. I can't wait to actually treat myself in terms of getting the game, getting the PS5, because I still don't have one yet, and actually enjoying myself to the best of my ability. So, whether it's the graphics, the gaming mechanics, the moveset, the story mode, the voice acting, I'm excited for it all. And a few more months cannot come fast enough. Now that I finished talking all of this about the game, let's go right into the movie Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse spoiler-free review. That comes up right in a bit. the Spider-Verse, what can I say that pretty much hasn't been said already? It's very hard for me to give a review about a movie in spoiler-free form because I really want you to go out and see it. I know I'm going to see it twice. There's no mistake about that. I don't know if it's going to be this week. I don't know if it's going to be this upcoming weekend. I don't know if I'm going to see it again next weekend when The Flash comes out. I have no idea, but I do know this. When it comes out on Blu-ray and DVD and 4K HD or whatever the case may be, (laughs) that rhymes, I am going to get it. I already have Into the Spider-Verse and I'm going to get it. Now, with that being said, what can I say? This movie is fantastic. I said earlier that the character of Miles Morales has become much more of a cultural icon now where he's much more relatable As opposed to Peter Parker. Now I already stated earlier. What makes Peter Parker relatable. But what makes Miles Morales relatable so much. Is the fact that. There's something about him. Where we can actually connect to him. In terms of his upbringings. And in terms of his environment. And the family dynamic culture. That he is essentially a part of. He's more than just the kid from Brooklyn. He's more than just someone that has had a hard lifestyle, losing his uncle, and, you know, dividing himself in order to do the right thing as as much as he could. What I love about this movie so much is the fact that me, being Hispanic, since I am Dominican descent, I relate so much to him on the fact that a lot of Hispanic parents, they do have family dinners, they do have family gatherings, and... uh, It's hard, and once again, I know this because I'm part of this culture too, it's hard for parents to actually 
watch their children grow up and then having them to let go. Like letting go of their kids and having them go do off their own thing. And I've seen this. I've actually dealt with this many times over in my life. This movie depicted that greatly. With the theme of acceptance. And the theme of doing the right thing. As opposed to just letting things happen. Controlling your own destiny. Controlling what you want to do. Taking life into your own matters. Making your own choices. And have those choices in a way either impact yourself or other people around you. This movie really depicts that greatly. And it's very heartfelt. Now what surprised me so much about this movie is not only did it give a good amount of screen time to Miles Morales in his point of view, but it also granted so much to Gwen Stacy. Spider-Gwen. Now, I'm going out on a limb here, and this is just me guessing. So, it's my opinion. Take with it as you will. I do not think that the majority of people that have watched this movie, or if you are going to watch it, if you haven't seen it yet, have read the Spider-Gwen comics as of yet. Spider-Gwen has only been out for a few years. Five years, if I'm not mistaken. Five, six years-ish, so to speak. So she's still relatively new. But the fact that this movie gave so much of screen time for her to develop her character and develop her backstory and actually have shown us more or less in terms of what she went through in her life really has shown greatly that she is an important, pivotal character, especially with what's going on across the Spider-Verse in general. At first, and I kid you not, at first... I thought this movie was a big love story. I thought it was a love story between Miles and Gwen and how they got together or how they get together and they go off and defeat the big bad guy, whoever it is. It's not like that. It's actually way deeper and it actually is more than that. Of course, if you truly think about it where it depicts the multiverse and of course something is in danger and... There's so much that the Spider-Verse actually has to come... The the certain characters actually have to come together to defeat the big bad guy. But, again, there's more to it than that. And I really wish that I want to say what it is, but I just can't because I don't want to spoil it. Oh, my God. What else can I say greatly about the movie? Miguel O'Hara. Like, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099... I don't know what it is, me personally, and I know I don't speak about this enough. I don't know what it is, but there's something about futuristic characters that I actually enjoy a lot. With Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond, Silver the Hedgehog, Future Trunks from Dragon Ball Z. There's something about Yusei from Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. There's something about futuristic characters that I actually gravitate towards. And yet, for some weird reason, I'm not really a big fan of cyberpunk. Now, don't you press that unsubscribe button. Don't, just, just listen to me. Just listen. There's something about cyberpunk where I'm just, I'm, I don't know. There's just something about it that just doesn't interest me. Maybe I have to give it another shot. Maybe I need to play the game or watch the anime or whatever the case may be. But regardless... Eh, that's neither here nor there, okay? Unpopular opinion, whatever it is. Oscar Isaac as Miguel O'Hara really killed it in this role. 
And you understand Miguel's motivation in terms of why or what he's doing and why he's doing it. So he was menacing and he is like, oh my God, I'm not going to call him a potential threat, but he's very intimidating in terms of who he is and his place among the other Spider-Man characters. Speaking of other Spider-Man characters, at first, I was afraid that all the Easter eggs and all the Spider-Man characters that we've been seeing in the trailers and we've been getting teased by Sony or Variety or any other, you know, entertainment magazine or whoever it is that is telling us, okay, there's this character, then there's this one, then there's this one. Yeah, the majority of them are Easter eggs, and the majority of them are nostalgia baits. I get it. I get it. We're at the age right now where everything is nostalgia baiting. I get I love nostalgia. So, you know, it was really cool to see certain characters where I'm like, oh shit, there's, there, there's, uh, there's that guy, and oh shit, there's this one from Spidey Unlimited, and oh, hey, there's Spectacular Spider-Man, and then there's this from the 70s cartoons. I get it. You see all of these characters come together. Maybe, in looking back on it now, there shouldn't have been, but there's a reason why they were, if that makes any sense. This movie is fantastic. I can't stress that enough. And if there are any flaws... By the way, Spider-Punk, fantastic. If the first movie, Into the Spider-Verse, had Nicolas Cage as noir Spider-Man be like the standout, Spider-Punk and the Indian Spider-Man were the two best standouts of this entire movie. So, there you go. I don't remember who voiced the Indian Spider-Man. I, I really want to give him a shout-out. I Maybe I can research it right now real quick. Bear with, bear with. You know, I, I have to, like... I You know, if I'm going to give a shout-out correctly, then I want to, you know, ensure that... It's it, it's the right move, you know? It's, it's the right move. Oh, my goodness. See, this is what happens when I don't come prepared. <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go. Karan Sony. Karan Sonai. Karan Sony. Yeah. Yeah, Karen... Karan, Karan Sony. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name. I'm sorry. I deeply apologize. And the character's name is Pavitir Prabhakar. Pavitir Prabha... Okay, I'm, I'm not going to say that name. I'm sorry. I'm butchering it all enough. I'm making a fool of myself that is. I apologize! <laughs> I'm so sorry! <laughs> In any case, Indian Spider-Man and um, Spider-Punk, definitely the two best standouts of the entire movie. The only complaint that I have with this movie is the fact that it was very hard to understand them. And no, I'm not saying based on their accents or based on the language that they were speaking, you know, their ethnicity. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, for some weird reason, and even IGN and a couple of news reports actually picked up on this too. I thought it was just me. For some odd reason, the dialogue of certain characters were a little low to hear. I don't know why that is. Like, it, it was pretty clear that the 
studio was mostly concerned with the visual animation and the visual art style. By the way, once again, it is fantastic in terms of how this movie looks. And I'm not going to lie, if you're a new person watching this movie, it can get a little bit overwhelming. Because there are so many different styles of animation that is played throughout this movie. And it can be, it can be become, it can be become, Jesus Christ. It can be a little bit daunting. And it can be a little bit too much, especially for someone ordinary to handle. So... It was pretty clear that the Sony animation pictures definitely focused way more on visual art styles. But the dialogue was a little bit low to hear. I'm really hoping they actually fix that and tweak that up a bit for the third movie Beyond the Spider-Verse coming out next year. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But for me personally, I just wanted at least for them to be a little bit louder. If you go watch the movie and you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about and I'm just not talking out of my ass because like I said, there were tons of complaints about this and I'm kind of agreeing with them. Nevertheless, once again, this movie was fantastic with a capital F. Go see it. Go watch it once. Go watch it twice. If I have to give this a grade, I want to give it a 10 out of 10. But I'm being reasonable. It wasn't perfect. There are a couple of issues, just nitpicky things, but not overly daunting. I'm going to give this a solid 9.5 out of 10. And I know I'm going to go watch it again and actually enjoy it. And quite frankly, ain't nobody going to stop me. Nobody's going to stop me in any way, shape, or form. Now, to end this podcast, I actually want to end this with something that I've been thinking about for a while. Is it time for Sony or the MCU or any studio, is it time for us to get a live-action Miles Morales movie? I've been thinking about this all day. I've actually been thinking about this over the weekend, not just all day. I've been thinking about this over the weekend. The last time this conversation has been brought up, whether it was from the fans, or the studios, or the Twitters, or maybe the main actors themselves that have played these characters, someone has brought up the idea that maybe Miles Morales should get his own movie. Back in 2020, or 2019, 2018-ish, give or take, um, you know, around COVID times, around that time, I actually thought it was a bad idea. I thought that it was a little bit too early for us to start thinking about a Miles Morales movie now. Because at that time, I thought we have to finish and actually, in a way, complete the story arc for Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Now, granted, this was years ago before No Way Home happened. Now that No Way Home has happened, maybe it is time for him to pass the torch. Now, I do know that Tom Holland actually said in re- in reviews and in the news and in interviews that he wants to play the characters for as long as possible, as long as the character of Spider-Man is done right, and we can continue to explore him a little bit more. I have to say, what is there for him to continue doing? 
And I get it. There are so many other villains that he could face. Maybe there is a storyline that he has yet to go through. Maybe we can finally introduce him because we've gotten the ending of the Black Symbiote coming over to the MCU from Sony's side in Venom and everything else. But let's actually think about this very clearly. What is there more for Tom Holland Spider-Man to do? He went from, his origin story, went from being a sidekick or a successor to Iron Man to finally being his own character with the help of his alternate self slash brothers. So, in a way, his arc has already completed. And unless you want to make the excuse, or to not the excuse, to make the reason that he still has to face off against the Sinister Six, which Sony still needs to perfect in terms of doing... I don't really think there's much for Tom Holland Spider-Man to continue to do. Now, if you find anything wrong with what I just said, I would love to hear another point of view because I really can't think of anything. And like I said, there are tons of other stories. Like there's the, you know, the clone saga. Maybe there's something that's going to happen with Secret Wars. Maybe Spider-Man, which I'm hoping is not the case, might lead the Young Avengers, which he shouldn't. Let me... Okay, I'll stop. I retract that statement. Should not happen. He is not a leader. He is a supporting character, and he goes off on his own. Um, Maybe there's a chance that he could work one-on-one with Daredevil. And maybe we can finally get the crossover between him and Deadpool. Or him and Wolverine. You know, something along those lines. But, again, going forward, like, maybe four, five, six years from now, there's really nothing much for him that's left. If it is time for Tom Holland Spider-Man to actually pass the torch to a Miles Morales character, it has to be done right. The developers have to come up with the writers, because writing is everything, writing is the backbone of everything. We have to come up with a great solution for Miles Morales to actually have his own story. It doesn't have to be part of the multiverse. We've already done this enough as it is. Okay? We've done it with Tom Holland Spider-Man. We've done it with Doctor Strange. And chances are we're going to do it with other characters moving forward into the future. However, however, and what I'm about to say is a little bit of an oxymoron here. However, if you're going to introduce Tom Holland Spider-Man with Miles Morales together you kind of have to include Gwen Stacy slash Spider-Gwen as well. You have to. You have to. Because the three of them, since we've been seeing from the first movie in 2018 all the way till now, and every other piece of media, the three of them are together. And if the three of them are not together, at least have Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy together. Gwen Stacy being Spider-Gwen. At least have those two together because they belong with each other. So, again, I'm just throwing darts here on these ideas. But what I'm trying to say is this. If now in the next couple of years that we're going to have a Miles Morales movie, they have to do him right justice. They have to have and take their time in terms of developing a great story for him. And not rush it for a quick cash grab. I.E. Mobius i.e. maybe Craven the Hunter, which we still don't have a trailer for, by the way. So that's interesting. 
Maybe the Sinister Six. We still have to complete that. We have to do the thing with Madam Web first. There might be a Spider-Woman movie coming up. Who's going to be Spider-Woman? Who the hell knows? It might be Gwen Stacy. It might be Jessica Drew. It might be uh, Mayday Parker. It might be someone. All I'm saying is, if Miles Morales is really within the works, a live-action Miles Morales, take your time. Do not rush to make this character and put him on the big screen just to make a quick buck. And that's all I'm going to say about that. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am going to be doing a podcast, this podcast, every Monday to talk about anything when it comes in the world of news, comics, movies, stuff, whatever the case may be. As always, hit that subscribe button, give it a like, give it a thumbs up, share it to your peeps. It helps me tremendously. Let's work this algorithm. Let's continue to talk about whatever we want to talk about in the world of comic book movies and shows and stuff. I know the next movie coming out will be The Flash. And despite what Ezra Miller and his situation going going on behind the scenes, I can't wait for the movie. Because I really want to see Kara's Supergirl. And I really want to see Michael Keaton back as Batman. Like I said, I'm nostalgic. So what do you expect? That's all we have. Once again, tune in next time where we will talk more stuff in relation to all of the comic book stories and news and whichever the case may be. And always, as always, if you remember, when it comes to all of that and more, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it, controversial or otherwise. Stay safe. Till next time, go watch the movie. Go have a great time. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.